When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Evan, are you ready to hack your brain? I hope so, Kate. Are you ready to hack your brain? I think so. Today, we're bringing a brand new... Soundbite. Soundbites. We don't want to do this as a series. We want to do this as a soundbites because we think that this is an area that we know that you're absolutely wanting to hear more about. So Kate and I want to now do a scenario where we're releasing these you know, once a week, every Wednesday, 20 minutes, if I can keep it to 20 minutes. It's a struggle for us. <laughs> it's we a struggle both for like us to talk. About why behavior is so intertwined with investing because the argument, and this is the start of the why we say, you know, hack your brain. Investing is basically, you know, it's behavior, right? It's a group of people doing something to buy something. And you're doing that not because you're necessarily doing something rational and you've done all the research. It's because your experience, your thought process, your understanding of the world has made you make that decision. That's the beauty of investing. If you can look at it that way, that's what this series is about, is understanding that your yeah, hack your brain is about, hang on a minute, I invest. Why do I do that? Let's, and that's what you and I are going to talk about for the next whole way through these, these, these sound bites. So let's do it. Yeah. And it's just so interesting. So much of the way we invest and set our financial goals and work towards them can be made or unmade by the way we think and the actions we take and the emotions we feel. And that's why it's so important to talk about some of these topics mm-hmm. that don't maybe sound as exciting. We'll try and make oh, them a little you bit You and I fun. think they're exciting. So we will try and do that. And yeah. that, the other thing, we're going to put our hands up and put our hands up high and swear to it. We're going to try and make sure that we make fools of ourselves to understand that we are humans, right? Yeah. We make mistakes. Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing that we want to do is that 
this first one is about I don't want to make a money mistake. Yes. Everyone wants- Has this fear. Yeah, but everybody wants to make sure that that statement is them. They don't want to make a mistake. So let's start with- your biggest mistake, Kate, so that we can get into this and actually get people understanding. And then we'll run through the research and all that kind of backing, what in your mind is stopping you. But as we said, let's get out there. What's your biggest mistake? Well, my biggest mistake when I got started, because I didn't know what I was doing and I was just having a go, was just buying and selling things, selling them when they were green, buying them when they were red, not really knowing what I was buying at all. Uh, it was a good way to uh, just start. Uh, I don't think I made much money. I definitely made I? Comsec a lot of money in the process <laughs> through brokerage. Yes. Uh, but it uh, did create a bit of admin as well for tax time because mm. there was just transactions all over the place. and um, Making a couple of hundred bucks or a thousand bucks yeah. here, losing a couple of hundred bucks or a thousand bucks there. Yeah, I was uh, not knowing what I was doing. I wasn't doing any research. It was a good learning opportunity, but I wouldn't suggest that people start with that. Yep. I want to put out there that my biggest mistake was actually in advising. And I, I openly put my hand up and say, this was my biggest mistake was a company called Bought Longyear. And I say this to everybody that asks me, what is your business mistake? And the reason I say that is that I got bought, that's, the, excuse the pun, hook, line and sinker about what the company and the research that I was reading was telling me. And what it was, was confirming my bias. Mm. It was a confirmation bias. Everything I was being told confirmed that this was going to be a company that you absolutely had to be in. This was a while back. We're talking sort of 2010, top of my head. Um, Evan's been investing for a while. I've folks. been investing for a while. Um, and, and, I, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so not only did I lose my own money, I lost investor money. And, and that's my biggest mistake is that I did the worst thing you can do, which is just confirm your own thoughts. And, and that, it's easy it's on the so internet. Easy. If you want to confirm your thoughts about a particular investment or company or uh, emerging hyped up asset class or cryptocurrency, you can find enough supporting evidence to support anything you want to believe. It also can go the other way. You can easily block out what you don't want mm. to see. Social media is incredible at that because it does it actively for you. It sits there and watches the algorithm work its magic in the background going, you clearly want to see this. So therefore, here it is. And it blocks out the stuff that you don't want to see, which is actually your idea is not that good. Um, and so that's, that's what we want to start with here. So let's the next thing to go into is like, you know, what also, and this is the next question for you, Kate, is, you know, what do you see is when you talk to people in our world about what is making them not make a mistake? Because the thing that I'm really asking is here is, you know, inaction is probably as much as, you know, action is the next mistake. What, what do you see when you start thinking about inaction and what the mistake around not acting actually does? Yeah, I think we forget that not making a decision is a decision. Mm. And so, so many of us will sit on the sidelines waiting for a perfect plan. And it's just never going to happen with investing and things change all the time. The ETF you might have had your eye on for a year, it might not be the best option for you or not align with your plan anymore. And so then you have to just keep adjusting and you never actually jump in. You just sit on the sidelines waiting for that perfect time, waiting for the, the next piece of your plan to fall into place. And it actually stops us from ever getting started. And I know that impacts a lot of people that I've spoken to in our community and my friends and family. They're just sitting on the side going, I will invest one day. I will change my financial goals one day. I'll change my spending habits one day, but 
I need to wait for the perfect opportunity. And you probably have seen that in other areas of your life where you've just waited for that perfect opportunity to arise and it rarely does. Because perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. Let's point that out there. Perfect does not exist. So I want to pick up your point and just very quickly for those listening, point out the research behind what Kate's just said because there is huge amounts of research behind Kate's thing. First and foremost, we are geared to actually protect ourselves. So what the perfect scenario is, the reason it doesn't exist is because short-term markets are always going to be against the perfect scenario because they're going to be volatile. Even when they're not, they're going to move too much for people looking for the perfect scenario. So non-investing means you can't lose. Therefore, you can't make a mistake. Loss aversion, which is what we're about coming to, it was originally coined by a man who won the Nobel Prize in economics as a psychologist. And that's Daniel Kahneman. And I know we speak about him a lot, but he coined- Got a few t- good books. Just a few. Um, thinking fast and slow, go and get it. Um, dense, brilliant. Anyway, what he and his partner, Amos Trigeski, sort of proved was that we come from that point of view. So his original study was quite analytical, but he boiled it down now when you actually talked, when you listen to his speech and when people talk to him, he goes, you can put your hand into your pocket and find 50 bucks. And that will give you a, an elation for probably several hours. But if you knew that there was a $50 note in your pocket, you put your hand in there and can't find it, you can dwell on that loss for up to three weeks, it's been proven. Mm. So that's that's loss aversion. That, that's a very simplistic way. But it also therefore means that because there's never a perfect scenario, I don't want to lose that $50. Even though markets and investing will tell you that you will actually over the medium term return, you know, possibly in seven years, you know, the double theory. That's where it comes from. So that's the research. The next thing that's also fascinating, and we've spoken slightly about it, is experience. So why experience is so important in loss aversion and in, in not making a mistake is your experience will basically f- form with you into your early teens and doesn't leave you. So what I mean by that, if you look at those of you that were in your teens early sort of you know single digits in the 2000s you're actually really geared to the idea that inflation sits at two percent and that growth will happen but if you speak to somebody that was born in the 70s or more likely in the 60s they're the complete opposite right so they think inflation's which averaged about eight percent in the 70s that's how it will be constantly that's why you know if you speak to your parents generation if you're sort of talking towards 60 65 70 they always sit there because when they were forming they're in their teens that's what they saw. And this is, again, if I don't invest, I can't make the mistake because I believe inflation is going to run 8% forever. Or you and I who are in the generation after that who probably have been, inverted commas, slightly shocked by what's going on right now. We, we've just never thought that could happen because that's how we were grown up. Yeah. And so that's all part of this discussion. And that's why it's so important to actually do that work to unpack your money mindset. And we've talked about it in some of the episodes we've done with Evan in the past and looking at your experiences with money growing up and how your parents talked about it. Because so much that loss aversion that we feel like the fear of making a mistake, the fear of getting started, the fear that we're going to lose some money, it's often shaped by our childhood and the way that mm-hmm. our friends and family have experienced money. I know that one- I'm going to interrupt you. You want to hear a shocking stat? Yes. They believe, studies have shown, that your formulation with money as a kid actually is done by the age of seven. Really? Yeah. I know. That's a shocking stat. And you can change it, but there is very clear evidence mm. that children's- formation of money is done by seven and it takes many, many years of habit change 
to break out of that. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> but and that's the thing, you can change the habit, but you actually have to take those steps on a weekly basis. So thinking, even if you're thinking now, well, what can I do? What small thing can I do each week to slowly change that habit? If I am scared of making a mistake, what can I do each week? So maybe it is you start off by just putting a bit of money aside each week Bingo. and building your confidence by yep. listening to podcasts and reading books, taking courses, maybe talking to an advisor if that's the position that you're you're in. Yeah, I want to start with what you said there. It's portion control. Yeah. That's how I've always said it, right? You know, when you sort of start doing dieting, it's portion control. Don't think of it that way. Think of it at the point of view going, unfortunately, most people when they start do all or nothing because we're a bit binary in how we think sometimes. Yeah, it's like I'm you've got $1,000. You I'm have put to it all invest in. it all at once. You yeah. don't. You don't. Right? And, and so, again, to help you minimize, because that's what we're trying to do here. We're talking about, yes, I think you need to accept that in the first six months, a mistake is almost a certainty because the market's going to get you, right? And that's fine. But if you've only got 10% of that $1,000, okay, I'd probably probably go like 10 grand. Yeah. Um, but if you've got 10%, that is slightly more into a risk scenario where a mistake could possibly come happen. Your psychological impact is not going to be the same as if you put 100%. It's not going to hit you that hard. You're not going to obsess over it. And that's the other thing. You will start to obsess over it. So that's, I think, the absolute perfect answer that you gave there is to start small, right? From small things, big things grow. Oh, Evan. Yes. Got it in there. I got it in there. (laughs) I'm so glad that when I started, I didn't have much money. I was in my first full-time job. I only had, I was only playing with $500 to Mm $1,000 at a time. So if I lost it all, the maximum I was going to lose was $1,000. And that helped me build the basics. And then slowly I discovered how to build a portfolio. I discovered ETFs. I discovered diversification. And I could put those pieces into place as my money grew with me. And so I think that worked quite well for me because I my knowledge grew as my, my income grew, as the disposable money I had to invest grew. But if you're coming to investing later on, like in your 30s and 40s, and you've already got some money, there is, as you said, that temptation to just invest it all at once. And that's the thing we, mm. we love to talk about. You don't have to invest it all at once. And often that's when people go go wrong because they they're just getting started. They're really new and they go, I'm going to put it all in at once. Yep. And you can actually just do a bite size. Maybe you're starting with a micro investing app and you just start with $5 to get comfortable and slowly build your your confidence. And that's something you can build your confidence step by step. It's not suddenly you're going to wake up overnight and go, I'm a really confident investor. I've got the perfect strategy. Again, the word perfect. You're not going to have the perfect strategy. Nothing's perfect. A good enough strategy for the time being, yep. for your goals and your lifestyle. Yep. And then- Bit by bit, you prove your own confidence. You build your investor confidence up by every single action you take. And you're going to make those mistakes, but that helps you build your confidence too because as long as you can learn from the mistake, and sometimes I've made the same mistake multiple times, I have invested in companies I haven't done much research on (laughs) multiple times. But it's a small portion of what you do. Yes, and I do it less often now. Yeah, and not only that, you've now got a core group of holdings that are doing the work that you need it to do and that that satellite or peripheral investing of- It's only a small portion. Not my research work (laughs) works in your favor to some extent. So if you get away with it, you get away with it. If you don't, it's not going to be an absolute massive impactor on your other thing. Because that's, again, what we are talking about here is 
inaction, as you said at the start, is just as bad as overaction. And we'll come to that in the next episode. Mm. We'll talk about being overconfident. We'll talk about, you know, confirmation bias, attention bias, also the one that I think is really, really strong in our world, which is self-attribution bias. That's where basically you're always right, never wrong. We'll talk about that. But what we were trying to talk with this episode is about the start point is always difficult, right? So getting back to my little analogy, which wasn't great around dieting, it's more about, okay, if you want to do that as a whole and thinking about, okay, I need to lose weight, dieting is just a portion of it. It's just a portion. You will need to do a bit more exercise. You will need to moderate things like smoking and alcohol intake, all that kind of stuff. If you put them together as a whole, your health as general will get better. It's the same principle, right? So your portion into investing, your portion into cash, the portion that you have for your day-to-day activities, that's a whole. That's your overall money health. And that's, again, the reason we say that is because it's about – the mindset that you've got to have, getting away from, you know, the loss aversion mindset. I can't lose it. I must protect. I must. I must. I mm. must. And it, that's what it is. Whenever you, you hear people talk like this, you're like, I understand that. You have worked hard for your money. You are saving it. And that is an absolutely reasonable position to come from. Unfortunately, there's this stupid thing called inflation and that eats your savings. So yeah. that's what we're also here to talk to you about is that going – Actually, let's move a portion to try and beat inflation and then create a beautiful new habit, behavior, and thinking that will improve it as well. So that's, that is where if we can help you think about loss aversion in a positive light rather than a protection sort of you know fight scenario, you'll start moving in the right direction. Yeah. So if we talk about some other ways to overcome this behavioral bias that gets stuck in our brain of mm-hmm. loss aversion, because even today... I- I'm not investing with the aim of losing money. I I don't want to lose money, but I sort of understand my long-term game and I have a plan. Um, So I think that the first thing, like understanding what you're doing, like knowledge, knowledge is a key part here, understanding your fears and beliefs and your your money mindset. So we touched on that. But even like talking to people about how you're feeling. Yeah, and uh, all of that. So talking is the biggest part here, is understanding that, if you can get into forums and groups and listen to things like what you and I are producing now, podcasts across the board, if you can start working as a collective thought process, you'll understand that everybody's in the same boat together. So you're all mm. working in the same thought process in the same direction. Yeah, because when you invest your first $1,000 and it goes down and suddenly it's $900 sitting in your brokerage account, it can feel like you have made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But you might have actually made the right decision for you and this is just a natural part of market cycles or you invested in something that is for a long-term horizon, but it you've only given it 10 days. Yep. And so being able to talk to other people and someone else is like, yeah, my portfolio is down too. Yeah. Some of my individual companies are down quite a bit. And the other thing that we're talking about here is that the other thing is knowing about it and understanding that you might have this thought process, this position, mm. unfortunately, isn't enough. That's why Kate and I are trying to give you as much information as possible. Because again, the other thing about information it's great to have unfortunately doesn't necessarily trigger enough action but it can give you the confidence so let me give you a final sort of thought process around exactly what we're talking about about loss aversion and about what you should have in your head as expectation because we've touched on the idea of time here and why this is from blackrock so i want to point this out the biggest fund manager on the planet they come out with this all the time and what they always do is very strong rolling data around the S&P 500 in the US. And what they've shown that if you were to invest monthly 
you've got a 62% chance that each month you'll be positive. So what is it? Two out of three chance. After one year, the probability of the S&P being positive for you is about 75%. So it's reasonable with talking about three quarters of a chance of doing it. After five years, it's at 88. After 10, it's at 98%. So time will get you away from, adverted commas, what we've talked about through this entire episode, mistake. The question for you is, can you look through the short? And the short term is what's the killer? Because that's why you keep saying the term perfect. There is never a perfect time. And you should accept that if on a month and even a year's perspective, it's probable that you're going to have the market make you look like a fool. Yeah. That's what the term is because a market is what it is. It is, f- but over the long term, accumulative. And that's not my data. That's BlackRock's data, right? That they have rocked. There was, they are showing you that that time period will help you. So you start with your portion, and what Kate's also talking to you about there is that that portion can grow twofold. Yeah. Either you add to it, which is also a technique that you should do, it creates that habit of adding dollar cost averaging and that's another thing we'll talk about another time but also then you are getting a bigger return bigger return capital gains total returns so dividends included as well and therefore that probability that after 10 years you're going to get to 98 percent you're going to get even higher because total returns comes through in a big big way yeah and something else we'll talk about as we go through and discuss different behavioral biases is having a having a plan and we'll come back to this throughout the episodes, but having something written down, it's going to be very loose because your goals, your objectives, your life changes on a very regular basis, but Mm -hmm. just a loose roadmap of this is what I'm investing each month. This is where I'm investing it. And I'm investing for a long period of time. And hopefully when you're feeling nervous or apprehensive, you can come back to this and go, this is what I'm doing. These are the reasons I'm doing it. And this is what I'm hoping to achieve over a longer period of time. Bingo. Bingo. All right. Thank you for that, Kate. That was a great first start. I hope everybody out there liked our first episode of of what we think will hopefully be a a long-term soundbite. Turn in for next time. As I said, midway through this, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to look at overconfidence and what overconfidence can do to your investing. Yeah. So key takeaways from this episode, Evan, is it doesn't have to be huge. You can think small. Yep. Mistakes happen and that's fine. And you're never going to have a perfect plan. You just need a good enough plan that's going to help you get started and take that first step and then keep taking the next step. And that's how your confidence with investing grows. Yep. And inaction is an action. Think of it that way. Because once you can start turning in action to something that's more positive, development happens. All right. So let us know your questions after listening to this episode. You'll find a link to ask a question in the show notes. And every episode that we do with Evan, we're going to award a copy of Evan's book, Mind Over Money. And he tells me it's going to be signed. Signed copy. So best question judged by Kate. Yes. So we'll tell you on the next episode who, who wins that one. We'll get a signed copy. So please remember, don't give us your full name yet, but when you get identified as the best question, we'll then come back to you and then get it sent out to you as fast as we can. Yep. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We'd love to have this conversation go more widely because we believe behavioral finance and understanding how your brain works and how it relates to money is super important. You can find all the show notes and resources on RAS Media and hope you enjoy it. Talk to you next time, guys. Wonderful. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.